thought came to me. So I thought I'd share it with you. So every week I go to a chiropractor and have things done, you know. I'm sure many of us are, uh, can, can say the same. But so he does adjustments, right? He does corrections where corrections are needed. Sometimes he has to encourage things to get back into place where I think my arm's going to fall off or something. I was telling my wife this yesterday. But, you know, some movements he does with my shoulders, I swear he's going to pop it right off. Just like those action figures that you could just pop their arm right off. Remember? Um, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. No, he's, he's encouraging some muscles back into the place they're supposed to be. And I just was thinking about that, and I'm like, that's kind of like joining it with the body of Christ every week or how often we, we join together. You know, maybe I'm not wording it smoothly, but when we come together as the body of Christ, God wants to do some corrections in us maybe and make some adjustment, adjustments and even through encouragement, bring things back into place. And a lot of, most of that is in our thinking, right? So we need encouragement. Here's, here's the way you need to think that lines up with the Word of God. But I don't know, just had that little, it was just a little snapshot. But uh, so you're doing yourself a favor, just like I'm doing myself a favor when I show up to the torture session every week. Um, sometimes it's torture. But... There's more beyond the, the chiropractic. It's uh, muscle stuff and, and things. So it's, but it's a good hurt. It's a good pain. It hurts so good, just like John Cougar used to say. Um, so anyways, that's just, maybe that was for somebody, but that kind of encouraged me that keep coming. <laughs> and when you come, say, Lord, have that open, open heart. Lord, bring correction where it's needed. Encourage me where I'm, it's needed in my life so that I can start thinking the way you think about me and about things, you know? So that was free, like Pastor Chaz says. That, that's free. So uh, welcome. This seems a little ominous, doesn't it? All right. Have no fear. I believe the Lord has laid this message on my heart, So, and he loves you, so be not afraid. So years ago, I heard a, a, a minister who I, I dearly love and enjoy. Uh, her name is Gloria Copeland, and um I, I listened to her quite quite a bit, quite frequently, regularly. And one day, I don't know really what the message was about, but she kind of said this, and it probably had to do with you know what we call end times or whatever. But she said, "Well, some people say you know some people say it's the last days or or whatever, and well, maybe it's not the last days. But guess what? She said it's your last days. And I thought that is so profound and logical and common sense." I was like, hmm. So it kind of stuck with me over the years, and I've always thought that. Like, yes, it's my last days, regardless of where we're at in history and all that. Uh, but it's our last days, and that's what we're going to kind of roll in today, and hopefully uh, there will be some encouragement at the end of this, and, and we'll sow some hope. And I'm even going to pray for you guys at the end. So at least be expecting that uh, uh, to be uh, something great and, and receive what I'm praying, because actually it's going to be the Word of God that I'm, I'm praying over you. So, uh, every day that we live, believe it or not, I think this goes without saying, it's somebody else's last day, right, on the planet. 
And uh, not to bring, I know we just watched that little bumper video. There's a lot of statistics. Can you handle a couple more? All right. So here's some uplifting statistics. So current estimates indicate that 178,000 people die each day in the world. That's a lot. That seems like a lot. Uh, broken down, I, I ran the math on this multiple times. I was not a great math student, but I did it. I got calculators. So 7,417 deaths each hour, each hour, globally. That breaks down to 124 a minute. One person every half second is leaving this planet, stepping into eternity. Now, eternity started when we for us, when we were conceived, really. So, but those were statistics uh, from the Kennedy Institute of Ethics at Georgetown University bioethics blog, uh, and that's uh, from a date of June 9th, 2022. So it's probably pretty, pretty accurate. I kind of rounded up to the next person uh, when it came to not being a whole number. But so, be encouraged. It can only go up from here. This message, all right, <laughs> can only get better. All right, so. We're going to talk about the truth that it's our last days. Let's uh, let's get right into the word here. So in Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, "Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom." Nobody has to tell anybody that life is short. The older you are, the more you, more of a reality. I think that becomes. And when, you know, when we lose, not lose loved ones, but loved ones go on, um, we, we take those pauses in life and, and we are reminded how very brief life is, right? Um, I do want to point out that living a long life doesn't automatically mean you're going to obtain more wisdom, right? How many know those people? All right, so like, is this? Sometimes I wonder if I'm those people. I think I am sometimes. Am I? I got to grow in wisdom in this area. I keep doing the same thing, whatever that is. So it says, may grow in wisdom, right? May grow, not will grow. So I just wanted to point that out. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're automatically going to get wise. So I'm not talking to anybody in particular, just kind of throwing that, that truth out. So let's go on to Proverbs, and uh, we're going to touch on a little bit of wisdom. So wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7, I think we've all heard this, but I picked and chose from some different translations and paraphrases and that I thought kind of hit me just right. So I hope they hit you, you just right as well. So Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. Maybe you've heard it from a more traditional uh translation, we'll go KJV here, um, says wisdom is the principal thing. If you don't know what principal means, it's numero uno, number one, top thing, top show. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So you can't just sit there and wait for wisdom to plop on your lap out of nowhere. Now you, The word is instructing us, we have to get wisdom. We have to get it. It's a, it's a, it takes some action on our part. James 1.5 tells us to ask for wisdom. If we lack it, 
right? So that's encouraging. We can ask and we can believe that we receive it. It says he'll give it liberally without finding fault. If we ask for wisdom in something, he's not going to say, haven't you learned by now? What an idiot. Sorry, you've used up all your chances. No, he's going to give you wisdom, but it goes further in that verse, but you have to believe that you receive it. You can't be tossed to and fro in your mind. Believe that when you ask for it, you're going to receive it. Amen? That's good news. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us that Christ has been made unto us wisdom. Well, that's something. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us that we have the mind of Christ in our spirit. We, are, we have no lack of obtaining wisdom. We have His Word, which is truth. He is the truth. He has been made unto us wisdom, Jesus. And we have the mind of Christ in our spirit. Don't tell me you can't learn some stuff. Right? Don't tell me you can't improve. And we can improve. And, and this is such good news that we, we don't lack any good thing. Because he's our good shepherd and he lives within us, within us. So let's go to the book of James. The book of James. James 4.13. Now, I just couldn't drop the verses that I'm going to read. I just kept trying to. Sometimes it just, you just can't. You just got to do it. So I'm going to go through this. I mean, don't be concerned. But uh, I'm going to read this whole thing in, in the context between these verses 13 and 16, I believe. So James 4.13 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into this city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. So, as I was mulling over this, I'm thinking, simply, I saw this. This is a picture of someone leaning on their own understanding. So, they're going to, they got all these, by the time we get through these couple of verses, you're going to understand that. But, so this is kind of a person leaning on their own understanding, like, hey, I got these great plans. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. At, by the end of the year, boom, we're going to be rolling in the dough, whatever. So, this is, what kind of not not to do, okay? Leaning on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 actually tells us to trust in the Lord with what? All of our heart, not some of our, all of our heart. And lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct our paths. I think we're all familiar with that verse. So we'll continue in verse 14 in this chapter of James. It says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It is just, a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Now, if it's comparing, the, the, using the illustration of our life, a life, like I, I interpret that as the entire, our entire life, is like a vapor. I'm in my, you know, the middle years. So what does my life could be compared to? If it's a whole life is a vapor, is it a, I don't know. I don't know what's less than that, but anyway, so that's putting things in perspective right here. Our life is a vapor, so that's kind of what I'm, we're getting into today, the brevity of it all. So James 4.15 going on, says instead, instead of going back being, you know, leaning on your own understanding and making all your big plans and your big agendas and all this stuff. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, 
we shall live and do this or that. But now you are rejoicing in your boastings and all such rejoicing is evil. And in the Amplified Classic, it says in the verse 16, it says, but as it is, you boast falsely in your presumption and your self-conceit. All such boasting is wrong. So to be boastful in what you think you know is going to happen and you got all your ducks in a row and your, you know, all this stuff that's, you know, that, that goes into, I guess, just to put it bluntly, it'd be a little cocky, right? To, 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 to think that way, lean on your own understanding, not even bring one bit of this before the Lord. Like, Lord, what is your wisdom on this thought or this idea or this opportunity maybe? could be anything. But seeking God's counsel should be our first step. Right? He said, if anyone lacks wisdom, and uh, really none of us really know what the heck we're doing, I don't think. But some of you do. Anyways, but we need His wisdom. We need to be 100% dependent on His guidance. I don't care what's, what it's in. I mean, you can throw, throw out there all kinds of illustrations, but so we need to be uh, all in on receiving His wisdom in this. And Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And, and that word, sons of God, is mature ones. So as believers, as children of God, who Holy Spirit lives and dwells in, our teacher, our helper, our comforter, our guide, we are to be led by Him. Right? And led in peace, right? Have you ever had that moment in your life where you kind of take some steps forward or you have a thought like, hey, that would be kind of neat to do or that would be kind of a good direction to go and, and there you, you start taking those steps maybe and then there's just this little bit of a scratchiness in your inside. I don't know how to articulate it well, but I think you know what I'm saying. There's a lack of peace and we're supposed to be led in peace. And I have a few stories about that that I won't go into and I'm sure you, you have the same, but as children of God, that's what we want to do is be led by His Spirit. Right? Have you ever been led by His Spirit before and thought, man, thank God I listened. You know, And we have those stories where we may not have listened. So let's continue on. Ephesians 15 in the Amplified Classic says, look carefully then how you walk. So don't do it based on the past scriptures we just read. Don't do it presumptuously. Don't do it in your own understanding. Don't lean on your own strength, right? Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless. witless. I don't know if I've ever been called witless, but I'm sure I've been guilty of it. But as wise, sensible, intelligent people. And let's continue on in verse 16. Ephesians 5.16 says, Making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. And the, King, the New King James in verse 16 here says, redeeming the time. You've probably heard that translation more than others. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that word redeeming, just like the Amplified in this verse kind of expounds on it, buying up, it means to buy up, to rescue from loss. You can actually rescue time from losing it. And imp- 
improve, it also means improve opportunity. Improve opportunity. I thought that was uh, very insightful. And <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, sitting there thinking, and a lot of times you're, you're putting the message together and your mind just goes kind of everywhere. I just, for myself, I'm thinking, I've, I've given away time to things I've bought up. We're talking about buying up time. I've given away time to things I've bought up that really didn't add any value to my life. It just sucked time out of me. You know, or, or I just wasted time with that, whatever it is. Um, we're not going to talk about that, but it was just something I thought, yeah, that's, I guess that's the way you can redeem time is to maybe pause before you get into something that's going to be a time consumer. Think, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to go this direction? Do I really want to get into that? Do I really want to buy a cabin? And not that that's bad. <laughs> I think about that a lot, trust me. A cabin in a ri- on a river up north somewhere. I'm like, how much time would that? Well, I probably wouldn't come to church too much. I don't know. But you can, you can get carried away. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with cabins. I'll be glad to visit yours anytime you want. <laughs> so, no, I, there's a hope in me. I will have a cabin one day. So, enough of that nonsense. Um, but practical ways to redeem time. Practical ways. It's just day-to-day stuff. And again, this is me, and you can have your own good ideas. But how about just enjoying the moment? Enjoying the moment. Now, we went out with my, my kids the other day. We took them out to dinner, had a nice dinner. Yeah, guess what? Guess what was out? There were some phones out. People taking pictures of food, probably posting them, sharing them. I don't want to see your pictures of food. How do you know? How do, you, do you think people are going to want to see your pictures of food? They might if they're interested in the restaurant. But I'm just thinking that's, that's not a redemption of time. That's, we were there to be together, to enjoy each other's company. If the individual who ordered food wanted to, they could share their food with you to enjoy that. Stay out of my food. No. <laughs> no. I shared. We had plenty. We had an abundance. It was good. But, but maybe redeeming time, maybe in relationships, like other than let time go. So I'll give you the example. It's nothing big, but I mentioned this to someone earlier talking about a friend I met 30-ish years ago, 30-something years ago, uh, three years ago. But we re- we've always kept contact, but it's been very, very, like, few and far between, you know. So recently, in the last couple months, we've been making a point of reaching out to each other at least once a month. And it has benefited me so much. And even just in that relationship, how I've been encouraged and even cor- correction within a conversation. And uh, just being brothers in Christ and, you know, iron sharpens iron, all the stuff. But uh, that's one way I, I've redeemed. We've we've redeemed the time in our relationship. We just set it. I mean, it's it's you know when you're when you're all grown up, you got to do things to help you remember. And so anytime somebody tells me something, I got to set an alarm. Okay, hold on, I'm going to set an alarm for this. You know, whether it's take out the trash or pick up this from the grocery store, whatever. And so I set an alarm, and so I can reach out to him, and. Then I set it on my digital calendar on my phone to remind, and I set alerts. Alert me a week before this. Alert me, you know, just so somebody is reaching out to somebody. And it's so beneficial. I just, I saw that as 
just a practical way to redeem the time in that relationship. And I, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. But, um, but maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to redeem time with in your relationship. Like you've let things go on too far. Whatever that is, a friend, a family member, whatever that is, child, uh, parent, whatever that, that looks like. But uh, maybe be proactive in redeeming the time in that, in that relationship. Because it is sad. Like I've even, like on a daily basis, I forgot yesterday, Mom. Do you guys forgive me for that, Dad? I didn't call him yesterday. So, <laughs> but every day, I don't know how it even started, but every day I call him around 10, 10.30. Usually it's at work, at my break. But I'll call him just, just because. No reason. Just to call him. Check in. You guys still breathing? All right. But they joke about that. But, um, but it's fun, and I'm enjoying it. And when it doesn't happen, I kind of miss it. But it's redeeming time in that relationship. I mean, we got the hustle, the bustle. We got kids. and I mean, they pretty much take care of themselves now. But, um, but you know, we got things going on. And that's just a way to redeem time in that relationship, even if it's for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. So that's just, and I know that a lot of people practice that. It's nothing, nothing new. But, um, and then just being present, just being present in your home. My, my daughter, I'm, I'm not going to cry or anything, Jen, uh, <laughs> but my daughter, uh, I make it clear, don't get me anything for Christmas. I don't want anything. If I want something, I'll go get it. And, you know, type thing. I receive gifts, though. It's more blessed to give than receive. But I'm not trying to take that blessing away. But my daughter, sweet as she is, uh, she wrote, made me and my wife a little card, wrote on one side for mom and me, and, and just, you know, kind of shared her heart, and which is really few and far between moments. So she's a teenager. So, like, who wrote this? Did you have somebody else write this? Did AI write this? No. But... No, but it came right from her heart. And she just, one thing that kind of just was highlighted, a little sense, she didn't write a big book, but it just said, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it said, thank you for being present. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad at least I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing more than that. But, um, but that really stood out to me because I see, I don't say anything, but I take notice of, especially when I'm in a social social gathering, meaning like athletics and sports and all that stuff. And I know people have all kinds of things going on in their life, and we all have different jobs and, and stuff going on. And I, I don't sit back and judge anybody for anything. Um, but I'm so glad I'm able to be present for those moments to go and watch her, whatever sport she's in at the moment, and and, and things like that. But I take notice of how many kids I've never seen a parent or maybe one time a season type thing. And again, they probably have demands in their life I have no idea about. So uh, no judgment from me. But I'm so grateful that I have been blessed with the opportunity to be present, even if it's just like driving three hours. This is crazy. Who, who made this stuff up? Driving three hours to watch a cross-country meet, you might get to see her for like 10 seconds, like two or three times in a 20-minute run, and then drive three hours back. But I'm glad. I'm not sorry I have to do that. 
I'm glad I get to do that. I'm glad I get to be present. I'm glad I get to yell, especially at the in the shoot, in the finish, you know. And uh, she usually doesn't pick up the pace too much when I do that. But Ethan used to. So, but uh, it's just fun to be present. I don't, I've never talked to her about that. Like, does it make you, like, does it matter if I'm there or not? I don't bring that up usually, but, um, but I think it did matter because it was in that card. So, so there you go. Be present. I mean, don't always be staring at your phone. I mean, in this day and age, I know you've heard, you've heard the messages, the sermons, the berating, get off your phone, all that stuff. So maybe you just need to implement some things, but as far as that goes, but, uh, being present is so important, especially in this day and age. It's crazy. And maybe one more thing that I kind of jotted down that I've been, I'm really getting off on way too much here, but I've been trying to be intentional about I, just because I heard somebody say this. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You got two ears, one mouth. You should be listening twice as much as you talk. So rather than listening to somebody speak and then, okay, here's what I'm going to say next. Just listen. You don't have to add anything. Just listen. And that's what I've been trying to be intentional about is being a good listener. And if I miss something or maybe my mind wanders, to say, hey, you know what? Could you repeat that last thing or whatever? We're just trying to be, let people know that I care to listen to what they have to say. I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm practicing. I'm trying to do good. Maybe you're doing that right now, practicing listening. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, Anyways, it's a good skill to have, I guess, I think. Because I take notice of people who do listen in my life, especially those that I used to work with. And, you know, to this day, I still there's about three people. I say, I want to be like them someday when I grow up. Because every time I walked into the room, every time I had a conversation with them, they made me feel like the most important person in their life. And that's, that's quite a skill. And uh, people like that. So I want people to feel that way when they approach me and when they leave, I want them to know, hey, that guy really cares about what I got to say. You know, so there's another opportunity for them to approach me. And someday the door will open. Maybe the Lord will want to speak to me through me to them and say something. And then they'll listen, you know. So it's good stuff. Okay, I said none of that was planned. So that was free also. Uh, let's go to Philippians 2.13. It says, for God is... Oh, let me back up for a second. Okay. I had one closing thought in that area. Um, how we want to please God being good stewards of our time and with our life, right? And He's actually wants to participate with us. He's actually on our side to do that. And this verse kind of says it pretty good. I really like this verse. Um, I don't know if they just put this in the Bible, but I feel like I've only seen it recently. No. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. That's so encouraging. God is on my side. Even when I'm struggling, I'm trying to learn this stuff, I want to do right, I want to please Him with my life. Well, He's working in me to, to do that, to help me with that. And that's, Super encouraging. Encouraging. Let's go on to verses uh, 14 and 15 in the same chapter. It says, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. So he's actually 
inside you helping you to not complain and argue. I bet your Holy Spirit's reminding you of how good Jesus is all the time. If we would just stop and pause and, and listen to Him. But it says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. How many know if you just don't freak out that you kind of stand out in today's day and age, right? If people are freaking out about whatever's going on, whatever the next thing is, whatever the next whatever is that's causing panic and chaos, and you're just chilling, you're like, what's wrong with him? He's, he must not know enough to be freaked out. He needs to know more. Or she needs to know more. But no, it's, that's something that can help just stand out and be a bright light to the world. If you just don't complain. How many knows that it's dependent on where you're at and maybe where you work or whatever, but man, I'll tell you what. It's crazy. I mean, I, even after I was off a couple more days prior to Christmas break at my, my shop, and uh, 90% of the stuff I scroll through on Facebook is, all fishing related because I like them all the time. <laughs> well, it's pretty easy stuff to read. But this one dude threw something on there like, I work with Ebenezer Scrooge, blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of going off on management at Archie. I'm like, eh. But, and that's kind of a common thing. Like, and, you know, Misery Loves Company. I didn't, I didn't really go into the comments, but I saw the first one. And <laughs> so it's like, it just kind of like breeds more and more and more and more. How, much, how many know if you don't complain, if you don't argue, join in with the arguing, and I'm being mistreated and all this stuff, that you kind of stand out. Like, that guy, that guy must be making way more than we are for not griping and complaining. He's got it easy. You know, whatever the case, you will stand out if you just don't join in with that kind of stuff, right? So, a good verse to add to this is Colossians 3.17. says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do in word or deed. So maybe next time somebody rubs you the wrong way in your house and you just want to blow up right before you say it, say, In the name of Jesus, I'm about ready to tear into you and just go. No, that'll stop you probably. You think, you know what? WWJD right now. <laughs> How would Jesus handle this? You know? And uh, it's, especially in your family, the closer the relationship, the easier it is to be offended. I'll tell you what. And I've, <laughs> I've tried to, I've been asking the Holy Spirit, help me to just to, to deal with it. You know? Why are these crumbs all over the table? Why is this peanut butter knife out? Why is blah, blah, like, okay. I mean, I do teach my kids to clean up after yourselves, but a lot of times I've just been seeing something like, you know what, I don't know what, they must have been in a hurry. I'll just clean this up. been trying to do that. So, that was free. Man, I'm just telling you everything I'm getting. I'm learning. So, if it helps you, good for you. Uh, Psalm 139.16 says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me, were recorded in your book. You know that God's story of our life, God's story of your life, is the best story? And He wrote it before we even took our first breath. So there, there are plans and purposes and assignments. There's a design on your life 
that only you can fulfill. And he wrote the book of it before you even showed up on the scene. And that's exciting. And as we choose to walk in his ways, to seek his wisdom, to seek counsel of Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is just going to reinforce that story that God wants to write in our lives. And it goes on to say in Psalm 139, uh, 17, also in the Passion Translation, it says, Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. That should just be encouraging in itself. God doesn't stop thinking about you. And don't go into the, how, he, how could he do that with billions of people? It's like you're the only one. Trust me. I mean, that's, he's good. He's good at what he does. He's going to be in love. He's going to be in a good, good father. But he's crazy about you. He's waiting for you to wake up. He's excited to see you join forces with him, team up with him, and continue writing the story that he desires to see played out in your life. And that's going to have an effect on people around you. That's going to, your little spheres of influence, he has assignments for you and your little spheres of influence to keep having that ripple effect grow and grow and grow and grow. And uh, that's exciting. And everybody's heard this. You might, you might even have this one on your refrigerator. I don't know. If you don't, put it on there. But uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is in the contemporary English Bible. I thought it said it well. It says, I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster. To give you a future filled with hope. And God's desire is for you to experience sweet, sweet fellowship with Him every day. He, there, there's a book, and I've referenced it in the past, but a book called Practicing His Presence. And it's really, the whole premise was just, this man just chose to stop in his day, in his moments in his day, and to thank God that He is present with him. And to make himself aware that God has never left him, has never forsaken him, that he actually indwells him. He indwells us. And I thought that was so encouraging. And I, after reading that book, of course, you're more aware of what you, you know, most recently read. And occasionally I, I'll do that. But just to stop in the hectic day-to-day, maybe your days aren't hectic. But just to stop and say, Lord, thank you that you're here, right here with me in the midst of this chaos or in the midst of this calm. You're right here with me. I mean, I've, I've been out by myself, kind of bummed out. Maybe my son had to work and I wanted to meet him down fishing in the river or something like that. But I've taken those moments where you're fishing. It's a lot less exciting when you catch a real nice fish and you're the only one that sees it. <laughs> but... uh it's way more fun with friends and family. But, but just in those moments I've been out, I'm like, well, Lord, thanks. Thanks for making these fish. Thanks for letting me come here and just hang out and catch fish and uh, enjoy this moment. Thanks for, you're here right now with me. And sometimes I have to pray, Lord, please show me where the fish are. But, uh, you know. It's, it's just good to remind yourself and put yourself in remembrance that you are not alone. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And uh, I'm going to finish out with this verse. 
This is such a, a, a great verse, and I've experienced this in my own life. And I thought the Passion Translation really uh, nailed it uh, in a new way for me anyways. It says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. And maybe you're thinking, oh, one day I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to really dig in and start walking closer to God. And here's, here's, here's an idea. How about today be day one? For whatever reason, I don't know if these memes or comics or things just sort of showing up on on the interwebs and the social medias. But I, I saw this little cartoon of a guy in bed and he's got this thought bubble and it says one day and it shows him like hiking up a hill or something. And then the next, uh, what do they call this? Box, square of the comic. Um, the next one says day one and it shows him doing it. So I thought, oh, that's pretty, pretty catchy. But, uh, you know, maybe there's things in your life that you've been kind of putting off or being passive about. And you're like, man, one day I'll do that. But maybe, maybe that's something you do. And there's nothing magical about January 1st. I think we've all figured that out by now, right? Nothing magical. I actually prefer to start things not on January 1st. Just so there's that, that psychological element, you know. But... Um, but uh, maybe there's something that you need to say, you know what, this is day one. Whatever that is. Uh, Holy Spirit will, 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 will show you that. So, What I'd like to do now, though, is uh, we're, we're, I'm coming in for, we're coming in for a landing. Um, but I'd just like to pray. I mentioned this. Um, coming in this new year, 2024, you know, it's like one of the opening verses. You don't, you don't know what, you don't know what's to come, really. None of us really know what's to come, but we know who holds the future, right? And, uh, and we're in His hands. And, uh, and that's good stuff. But I'd like to pray and just, just receive this. It sounds like I'm going to pray a lot, but I time myself. It's only a minute and a half. You can do anything for a minute and a half. So, but I'm going to pray. These are prayers that Paul prayed over the churches. And they're kind of... Um, a little shortened up a little bit, but as I pray these, just you know, I don't care if you want to be like, yeah, I receive that. Whatever you want to do, just believe that you receive what I'm praying over you. God's in agreement with this. He wrote this stuff by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul penned these prayers, and it's for the church, and you're the church. So believe that you receive what I'm praying, what I'm speaking over you, and then I'll pray, Holy Spirit, bring it to your remembrance. And these are actually in the Bible. Believe it or not, you could actually pray these over yourself. So they're called the Pauline prayers. And you could just Google that. And that's pretty much what I did, and it came up. So copy, paste, boom, you're on. You're, you're good to go. So you can pray these over your own, own life. I've heard great testimony, but I just want to pray these over you and just Believe that you receive what's being prayed over you. And then when we finish, we're going to just enter into one last worship song. And then uh, I hope you're hungry. I'm already, I feel a little energized just looking at what's to come over there. I feel a little jittery. All right. <laughs> so, do you believe you receive it? We're about to pray. Amen. All right. So, here we go. Lord, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, spiritual wisdom, revelation in your growing knowledge of Him. 
since the eyes of your heart have been enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the incomparable greatness of His power toward us who believe. I pray that according to the wealth of His glory, the Father may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner person, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, so that because you have been rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, height and depth, and thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. And I pray this, that your love may abound even more and more in knowledge and every kind of insight so that you can decide what is best and thus be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And finally, I ask God to that He would fill you with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may live worthily of the Lord and please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And all those who agreed said, Amen. Amen, church. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.